This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network. Welcome back to your home for everything current, up to date, and everything modern wrestling from all over the ball of mud called Earth. Place to be Nation's main event. I am Scott Criscolo, episode 204. Uh, we apologize for the uh, for the hiatus week scheduling and such. Life gets in the way. Fuck it. Uh, but we're here tonight for all of you. And uh, we're going to have some fun tonight because uh, it's not often, and I talked about this with the boys, it's not often that we get an episode uh, that we're not preceding a major show or coming out of a major show. We did have Halloween Havoc this past weekend, and it was a pretty good show. It was okay. Uh, um, uh, Braun Breaksteiner uh, retained the NXT title, and a decent, not pretty good triple threat. Um, Nate is excited. We're going to get him on in a minute because he's excited about the newest member of Schism. Um, somebody had a funny joke about that too. Let me bring the guys in. Of course, let me bring in the man I just mentioned. He is the purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, and he wishes he could join Schism because all Schism would need is Nia Jax. And that's it. He is Schism. The Godfather, Neat Milton. Speaking of, uh, my, my, uh, former, uh, beloved Detroit. Nia Jax, uh, you know, I, I just recently watched her, uh, cousin in a movie. And and to to steal a phrase from that man, Black Adam Scott Criscola, I feel like tonight the hierarchy of podcasting is about to change forever. <laughs> yes, I've not seen it yet. I've heard it is excellent. Yes, uh, yes. I, I will not spoil uh, a future Rocky Maivia picture show episode, uh, right. but it it it's better than I thought it would be, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, like most superhero movies, there's some things that don't make sense, uh, but I enjoyed it. And the uh, the the tease they gave us at the end of the movie, the 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 post Royal Rumble stare down between ah. the challenger and the champion is is worth it. I see. You know, it's funny, um, and, and it's funny you say that. Not that we'll get into a big comic discussion tonight, but I always thought that anything involving him and Shazam, like that whole thing, I always thought even in the comics was always somewhat murky to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of going into, I went into the Shazam movie, which I own. Uh, I went into that with a grain, with an open mind. I'm definitely going into this with an open mind. So I'm pumped. Uh, but uh, Nate, always a pleasure. Uh, let me bring in, of course, uh, he is the Lone Star King. Uh, and uh, he's going to, he's going to have, he's going to see a side of me tonight that he may never have seen before. Sheriff Pete Schermacher. What's up, brother? Not much. How's it going, everyone? Uh, he's always so happy-go-lucky. Wait till he gets to this rabbit hole that this guy dug for everybody. He is the schism of his own schism. The lack of conscience of place to be nation. Dark Steve Willie. The schism is real. Yeah. The schism within the schism. The self-schism, yeah. if you will. The self-schism. Uh, I love when WWE... I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you're not. 
I just thought, like, I, I saw this, like, literally minutes before we started. And I just, yeah, I, I, I'll just stay tuned. I, I know yeah. this is one of uh, Scott's favorite things to do. And I was yep. not expecting it to happen on the perfect day. <laughs> what are Scott's favorite things to do? What? Do lists or get pissed off or a combination of both. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so or a combination of both. Anyway, uh, guys, always a pleasure. I love I love the show and I love you guys. It, I've been looking forward to it. A lot of fun. Uh, as mentioned, uh, we're going into kind of an empty week. Not a lot going on this weekend. Uh, there is the uh, the big uh, Saudi, the blood money pay-per-view, as everybody likes to call it. Uh, we're not going to get into that. I mean, it's you know what it is. It's I, I never and I don't I don't have an issue. Whatever. They, they, they sign who they sign with. And I have a feeling that this this deal is going to kind of we're going to see in 2023 that this deal is going to kind of uh, disappear. Um, but uh, I mean, Roman's going to win. Everybody who's supposed to win is going to win. It's a glorified house show. All these Saudi shows are glorified house shows. So I'm not I'm not going to poop my pants over it. I don't want to go over it a ton tonight. Let's I'll go over the card real quick. Just so everybody's aware. I almost wanted to call it Crown Royal because that's an exceptional liquor, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but I. That's where minds are at tonight. <laughs> yes, uh, we will we will move on. So of course we are talking about uh, Crown Jewel, which is taking place uh, this uh, Saturday. Uh, no, I'm sorry, this is two weeks. What am I thinking? I'm moving too far ahead. That's in two weeks. Great, we don't have to talk about it at all. Yeah, good, even better. For some reason I thought it was ne- I thought it was this weekend. It's not. It's next weekend. So guess what? We don't have to talk about it. But anyway, you're just, uh, you're just gonna... so excited to make, see if your uh, Logan Paul parlay uh, plays off. Yes, <laughs> I'm betting the over on minutes. Well, let's put it this way: I'm deciding what's going to go longer, Logan with Roman or Jake with the Spider. That's that's really all I'm worried about. <laughs> Who's going to go longer? Um, anyway, five matches on that show. Nobody cares. We'll talk about it in a couple weeks. On it, we'll we'll, we'll recap it in two weeks on uh, episode 205. Good. I thought it, for some reason I thought it was this weekend. Uh, thank God I was wrong. All right. <clears throat> so, since there truly is nothing going on uh, this weekend in wrestling, you know, AEW doesn't have anything big, WWE, nothing crazy, NWA's pay-per-view is not for a few weeks. Uh, I don't know when Impact's next one is. but So, tonight, uh, we were going to do uh, a mailbag. We haven't done a mailbag show in a while. We haven't done a mailbag show since Pete joined the family. So, we've got some questions. We did get some from Twitter, and uh, I got some DMs from some of my fellow hosts. Uh, one of them guys wanted, uh, uh, we're going to do it last because I wanted to go down that rabbit hole, um, uh, about five star matches, uh, and, and, and things behind it, but we're going to get to that at the end. That'll be the last question I ask. Cause my buddy, one of my fellow podcast hosts, uh, asked that, but we'll get to that one in a little bit. Um, however, however, Steve Aloysius Willie decided to uh take off his his uh his hood aka DDP at the 2001 King of the well no that was actually the raw before or the smackdown <laughs> before King of the Ring I just watched the King of the Ring today that's why it's on my mind and decided to drop this bomb so as everyone knows uh I love uh when we talk about the PWI 500 and uh we did talk about it the the men's list a uh, few episodes ago well today as we're recording, uh, the women's 150 came out. And when I saw it, when I saw Mr. Steve Aloysius Willie drop it in our chat, I said, oh, this could be fun. And of course, the first thing came to mind, everyone knows, who knows me very well, who listens to other shows here on the network, 
of course, whose name did I look for first? And when I saw it, let's just say uh, there's a rebooking in the process here tonight because this scorched earth list right here. I've not scorched the main events earth in a while. Pete's like, what the fuck have I got myself into? (laughs) But tonight, after Steve Aloysius Willie dropped this in our laps, I am apoplectic at this list. It's great because now Pete and I and and Nate don't have to do a thing. We can just mute our mics and and you can just go. (laughs) And I can just sit back and, and, and chill out. All right. All right. Here's the top 10. We'll do that first. <laughs> if we the get the pronunciations 10? too, this is going to be so fun. <laughs> All right. So here is the top 10. At number 10, and this already pisses me off, Ty of Valkyrie. Uh, of course, former Knockouts champion. She has spent most of the last year bouncing around between NWA and Impact. And even and ROHS. AAA, and AAA. And AAA. Yep. Uh, okay. Number nine. The Starlight Kid. Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> Didn't think so. You don't know the Starlight Kid, Scott. I mean, I thought you followed this. I thought you covered this. Nate, you're my Starlight Kid. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Starlight Kid. Let me click on the name. All right. Starlight Kid. Uh, she's, she's one half of the Starlight Express. Yep. She's, uh, she's wrestled 298 matches. She's 21. She just turned the drinking age. Uh, well, that's why she's the Starlight Kid and not the Starlight Woman. Well, now she's old enough. Now she's the Starlight Fair. Woman because she's, mm-hmm. she's old enough to have some. She's old enough to drink sake now. Although who knows what the drinking age in Japan I mean, is? To to be fair, Shawn Michaels was the heartbreak kid when he was fifty five years old. So <laughs> that is, yes, that is true. And you'll get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, yeah and then Flair's the Nature Boy. And I mean, yes, come on. <laughs> he's, old, he's older than fifty five. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, her last match, she wrestles for Stardom, and uh, her last match. Uh, was uh, September 11th uh, at the Artist of Stardom title. Oh, that's a title. Okay. Uh, the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, day 13. Uh, it was a four-way. Wait, no, it was a six, six-woman six match? Hanan Huzuki. I don't even, I can't even read. I don't even know how this IWD no, you're on a works. Great but... start here, Scott. Yeah, I don't even, I can't even read this match. I can't even read these lists. Anyway. She's number nine. Number eight. And she moved up seven spots from last year. Charlotte Flair. How many matches does Charlotte hmm. wrestle this year? Two? Hmm. Like, two? Not only is she in the top ten, she moved up. And how many matches has she wrestled? Two? Three? They were two really good matches, Scott. Well, they were. <laughs> I mean, her, her and Ronda had their little scrum at the beginning of the calendar year. Um, but I don't think she's done much after Ronda beat her. She hasn't wrestled since uh, May 8th, so that would backlash when she lost to Ronda. Yep. And then she got married. Um, and what, what's yes. interesting on this and why, why I'm letting you go more scorched earth on some of this stuff is this one is far more current than the men's one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it went up to September 15th. 
So we're talking just six weeks ago. Usually okay. the men's has like a bigger lag time. Right. Between about press and when they stop. Right. Number seven. Saya Kamatani. She moved up 32 spots. Okay. She's 119 matches, 13 on pay-per-view. She was born in 1996. Uh, she was also a stardom wrestler. Her last match was September 11th at Stardom, the five-star Grand Prix. Uh, she defeated Suzu Suzuki. Um, okay. I'm sure she's an exceptional wrestler. She's yeah. only wrestled 10 times this year, so. <laughs> 10 matches. 10 okay. matches this year. Number six. Moving up six spots. Someone who probably has more Twitter posts than matches. Impacts Jordan Grace. I have no issues with Jordan Grace. I like Jordan Grace. Uh, her last match was at Bound for Glory when she defeated Masha Slamovich. Um, and to be fair on some of the Japanese women on the matches, I mean, they're just running big shows or, you yeah. know, they're not right. running weekly television. So that's true. Yeah. Some of them are so hard. But... I, that's why I've always had a problem naming the wrestle of the years type of stuff when, when like Okada and them were winning it because he, he was working. Minus the G1, he might have, uh, you know, the G1, he put in a lot of time. But uh, other than that, I mean, he'd have maybe 10, I mean, he might have 15, 16 matches in a year, single matches, you know? And most like six man, eight man, 10 man tags. Yeah, exactly. Right. Number five, <clears throat> and I actually saw Jordan Grace live, Mania Weekend at the, at the Multiverse of Matches, and she wrestled for the X Division. I think it was for the X Division title. Uh, in the what is it, the Ultimate X, which is kind of yeah. funny in a very tiny building. I mean, it, was, it was pretty good. At number five, this one I can't argue with because she's the other one that hasn't lost this year, and that is of course Jade Cargill. Can't argue that she's pretty awesome. No issues there. Uh, I believe her record is like forty. She's wrestled forty-one matches and she's forty-one and zero. <laughs> um, so I'm okay with that. Number four, moving up 30 spots, Becky Lynch. Uh, I don't got a problem with this one. She had a good year. I liked her character change. I kind of like the cool, like, new wave David Bowie-ish heel look uh, early in the year. And her and the and a woman who's we're going to mention a couple of spots from now put on a banger in Dallas. Uh, so I'm okay with Becky at four. Number three. She moved up two spots from last year, and she's another one of my personal favorites, so I can't argue that, although she is in some hot water. I am talking, of course, about the linear, because in AEW, we have to have extra names for the belts. Linear women's champion, Thunder Rosa. She's not the interim champion. That's Tony Storm, because we have two, two, two champions. Thunder Rosa is the linear champion, or lineal, whatever the official term is. Number two, no argument here. Love her to death. She did drop a spot from last year. And that is our Raw Women's Champion, uh, Bianca Belair. No, no, no problem with that. Which takes us to our number one. She was in the top ten last year. She was seventh. She moved up six spots. Six spots. Siuri. That's sinking for a minute. Siuri. Her name is Siuri Kondo. She's, uh, she's older. 
She was born in 1989. Um, she wrestled 147 matches. 16 on pay-per-view. She also last wrestled at that five-star Grand Prix show, as was mentioned in 20, uh, back in September 11th. Her and uh, Tomoka Inaba defeated Mina Shirakawa and Waka Sukiyama. See, even as pissed off as I am, Steve, taking my time. Uh, speaking of Mina Shirakawa, I think she's on this list. Oh, no, it's somebody else. Okay. There's your top ten. Now. You know what? I need to breathe for a minute. I'm going to go around the room. Pete, what are your thoughts on the top ten? Thoughts on the top ten is I wish I would watch more stardom because I've heard a lot of great things about some of these women. And I just it's just something I haven't gotten into for no reason other than um, laziness um, and, and just more than anything, uh, lack lack of time. There's only so many things you can watch, but. I, I over Charlotte Flair was a surprise to me. Um, Jade actually wasn't due to her record and the amount of matches she has and what she's, you know, kind of done for the industry. Cause remember there's like the kayfabe aspect to it as well. And try, um, yeah, those are the, the main things like Charlotte Flair was a big surprise, especially with how many months she's been off. Uh, and then just like, man, I really, really need to start watching stardom. I mean, if it's a way to promote it, I, I okay. Mm-hmm. Pete, what do you think? You know, I don't watch Stardom either. I'm one of those guys where I like women wrestling, but I like it in doses where I don't want to watch. all. I I, I, I don't know. It's just, it sounds sexist, but I just I don't want to watch all women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I like it where I, I get a match here, a match there. So I, I don't think I'll ever watch Stardom. Uh, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, you know, I think the storytelling's great. Okay. Um, um, Nate, what do you think? List. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, and this is where maybe, and uh, not to put more work on the <laughs> PWI staff, but but maybe an expanded list. Like you don't have to go all the way to five hundred, but maybe two fifty, uh, or maybe that's two on the nose. Maybe three hundred. <laughs> Uh, you could get more uh, of these picks in that, you know, because I do feel like part of the goal of this is to expose people to talent that they don't readily have access to or are readily aware of. Uh, and so I'm glad that there's the inclusion of, the, of a lot of the stardom performers because, you know, not to echo Pete and Steve, but yeah, I have heard a lot of good stuff, uh, read a lot of good stuff uh, uh, in regards to stardom. I think just from my viewing, I would have had Bianca uh, in in that top spot, Uh, especially coming off of uh, a year where the company actively did her no favors. And you you can go back to the NWA podcast after SummerSlam last year and hear us discuss uh, how we felt uh, the, the, the booking did Bianca and how, despite the booking, she rose above it. Uh, but I, I feel like Charlotte's a surprise, but Charlotte's also a big name. Uh, I think the the thing that maybe surprised me was kind of the respect for Jordan Grace. Because I feel like a lot of times, we, we talk about this often when we speak on Impact, 
Mm -hmm. it's kind of like there's a lot of people doing good work in Impact, but it's the tree falling in the forest of wrestling at times. Uh, where yep. like Josh Alexander has been doing good work, uh, you know, somebody like a Trey Miguel or, uh, you know, even going back to last year, you know, Rich Swan and, and some of those guys like the work they were doing, but they don't get a lot of recognition. Cause no, like there's, there's too much wrestling in a sense, uh, especially since everybody's back to quote unquote normal, uh, mm -hmm. following the last couple of years. And so it's like the fact that they gave Jordan, um, and Taya to a lesser extent, their 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 props in the top ten. I appreciate that, but but yeah, I would have definitely had Bianca as number one for me, Scotty. Okay, um, uh, I watched Taya multiple times this year, both on Impact and in NWA, and she's not top ten. I'm sorry, she's not. Maybe she was top ten a few years ago. When she was in her prime as impact. How, as how dare you, Scott Criscola, besmirch the name of Frankie Monet? <laughs> if she was Frankie Monet, guess what? She'd be number two behind <laughs> Bianca Belair. <laughs> because she would have got more. But you would have heard that tree in the forest, Nathaniel. <laughs> if, she was, if she was Frankie Monet, okay? <laughs> All right. I'm going to now start reading names from 11 mm -hmm. to a certain point. And you will start to hear the uh, the uh, WWE theme of the Armageddon pay-per-view. You know, the, dun, 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 the end. Yeah. <laughs> 11. Tasha Steeles. Mm. Bit stretchy. 12. Miyu Yamashita. I'm going to click on her just so I don't sound like a complete idiot. And her last match was September 17th at Prestige Perseverance. She defeated Trish Adora. Hmm. So. Hey, may I interject for a second, Scott, since you took a little bit of a breath there and said the, the yes. name Trish Adora. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you remember before we had Pete on last season and we went through the PWI 500, um, there, Trish Adora made an appearance in, in that. If you re recall that, mm -hmm. I believe she was the first woman listed. So if you scroll down this list, you will see for the women, Trisha Dora down 35 spots from 18 to number 53. Hmm. Now, if you go to the main PWI 500, you know, generally known for the men, and I'm just going to scroll down a little bit here. Okay, make sure I get in the right year. Uh, Roman Reigns, CM Punk, mm -hmm. don't know who that guy is. Number Nobody 50, knows. Trisha Dora. <laughs> she wow. is number she's number 50 on the main PWI 500 list. She is the number 1 female listed there, but is number 53 on this year's hmm. women's list. Hmm. Now, my eye is starting to twitch because I like ah! math. I like math a lot. And I, like I, yeah, there's gonna have to be some sort. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first person who's figured this out, because like I said, yeah, I found this right before we got on there. Because she's done intergender matches. Yeah, but you like, yeah. So like, she's considered for, like, as a. I, I just want to see like the like the, a paragraph write up on how that worked. Yeah. Well. Uh, that's not as egregious a, a, a crime as the one I'm going to totally point out shortly. Um, 
So, yeah, so Miyu Yamashita, 12. 13, former AEW women's champion, Dr. Cole, who has, she has bigger arms than her husband does. Dr. Britt Baker. I thought it was Adam Baker. Adam, Adam Baker. Yeah, I think it's Adam Baker at this point. Um, at 14, someone I just mentioned, Masha Slamovich. 15, this is where I lost my goddamn mind. And I love her to death, and I love her husband to death. Mickey James. <laughs> Mickey James. Mickey James has not wrestled a match since like April. And she's and other than I well I shouldn't say that. She, 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 has she had a little impact. mini run in Impact. She yeah, did. She, she did, but she hasn't wrestled in the NWA since like April. Um and last year she wasn't even on the list. <laughs> this time she's 15. 16. AZM. Who I think uh is another a stardom wrestler. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, as a matter of fact, she is. She was born in 2002. Technically, she's not drinking age. She is only 19. Uh, she's only, uh, yeah, she's only 19. She'll be 20 October 1st. Her last match was that same stardom five-star Grand Prix. She defeated uh, Utami Haya Shishita, uh, which uh, is another name that is going to come up shortly. Um, 17, Liv Morgan. Who went up 120 spots. <laughs> Biggest mover. Yep. At number 18. Ronda Rousey. Okay. Haven't said, I, there's a name I haven't said yet. If you haven't noticed. At number 8. Uh, number 19. Another. Uh, she uh, she dropped a ton. Not She had a kind of a tough year. She was in and out. She dropped 16 spots from 3 to 19. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, at 20, a wrestler I just mentioned, Utami Haya Shishita, she dropped 18 spots from two to 20. At 21, Mandy Rose. <laughs> it's trolling you. Mandy it's like they sat in a room and like, <laughs> really, how can we really tick off Scott? I mean, Scott, <laughs> you, 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 you're going to have to put some respect on, on the <laughs> the longest reigning NXT women's champions. I don't even know if that's an actual stat. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about longest something in a minute. At number 22, <laughs> Miko Satomura, who, moved, uh, who dropped 22 spots from 5 to 27. She's been in the game oh, for a minute. Mm-hmm. She dropped five spots from uh from twenty. Up, I'm sorry, she went up five spots. I'm reading this wrong. She went up five. I'm so pissed off. I'm not even reading this right. She moved <laughs> up five spots from twenty seven to twenty two. And now, that's so good. At Don't number twenty three, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> hardest working women's champion in the world. Your reigning, defending, hasn't lost in almost 500 days, and unlike some of these others, wrestles at least <laughs> six times a month. Your NWA Women's World Champion, the Brickhouse Camille. 23! Lower than Mandy Rose! 
<laughs> so good. Are you kidding me? Higher, higher regard than the NWA women's title. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like the college thing where it's like, you know, uh, Mandy Rose gets a boost on competition. Yeah, she's like the I Alabama. Just, yeah, I was just she thinking beat the that number Pete. 10 wrestler on this list three times. <laughs> like the selection committee. Like right now, Ma- Mandy uh, Mandy Rose, you know, she's at a she's at a, a decent, you know, she's no Alabama, but Mandy Rose is like a good Tennessee. And then, you know, Camille, unfortunately, they're treating Camille like she plays in the SWAC or the MEAC. <laughs> she's Jackson State. <laughs> <laughs> Camille's not Jackson State. <laughs> Camille's not Swag. Get Swag's name out of your mouth. <laughs> She's lower than Liv Morgan. She's lower than Mickey James, who wrestled like four times. <laughs> I dare anybody. To go on Fight TV, sign up for the NWA All Access. I'll sell you my fucking login for Christ's sake. And I want everybody to watch every fucking episode of NWA Power and every pay per view going back last year to one of the Billy Stupider names, When Our Shadows Fall, which sounds like a, a song he would have written, and watch every Camille match. And I guarantee you, she is better than at least 15 women on this list higher than her. It is a joke. <laughs> I am more pissed off at this than I was that John Boxley was number one three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's how pissed off I am. I actually don't. After the debacle of All Out, I actually would hug John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm better now. He's <sighs> not going to want to hear me tomorrow night on a Saturday, uh, this weekend on a Saturday special. I'm not have the voice for it. It is not going to fucking go well. Not at all. Not at all. She has a better spear. She hits a better spear than Edge does at this point. <laughs> she had a standing ovation in St. Louis at NWA 74. Standing ovation. I thought she was leaving. Standing ovation. Wrestled I mean, twice if she, that week. If she had left to go to NXT, maybe she'd be a few spots higher, Scotty. Yeah, that's what that, exactly. <laughs> she has to leave her conference. Yeah, maybe if she got to face Mandy Rose, we could actually get the real answer. Yes. That's that's what this list is. It's it's generating the buzz for Mandy versus Camille, the match we all want. <laughs> With Mako Satamora as the referee. <laughs> and the outside enforcer, the uh the Starlight Kid, who's yes. technically now Starlight Woman because she's old enough to drink now. So <laughs> uh all right. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Tootie Lynn. Moving up to 63 from 139. Don't get me started on fucking Tootie. Although Billy even disrespects Tootie Lynn. I love Tootie Lynn. Yes. Where's where's Scotty's girl uh, Chelsea Green at? Too Uh, high. (laughs) Chelsea Green. That that was actually when I was surprised at. She's at 75 right above Athena, Serena Deeb. I think Serena Deeb's had a great year. Yeah, she has. From 11 to 77. I don't understand that one. Chelsea Green should be higher than Athena, though. I think Athena's year has been kind of up and down. I, I don't. I, I think she's another one that AEW has not treated well. That's just my opinion. 
Um, Rosemary, 66. Hikar Shida. I think Jamie Hayter should be higher. Jamie Hayter, 64. She should be higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I that too. Be higher. Tootie Lynn's higher than her. Can't argue that. I thought Allison um, Kay was a little bit low, but then I realized, I, like, I looked at her list and she hasn't wrestled that much this year. No, she, uh, she's kind of what. What happened was her, she, her, and uh, Marty Bell were the they were the hats. They were the yeah. tag team champions. They were the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. They lost the belts to Pretty Empowered, uh, Ella Envy and uh, Kenzie Page, and apparently, <clears throat> although this is Billy's booking, which usually is, you know one Siamese dream in and out of your ear. She, he was planning on having a women's television title in uh, the NWA. And I think they were going to kind of focus it on her on, and then that hasn't come to pass. And she's been, she has a couple of of non-titles with Camille, great matches as usual. And, uh, and she's her and uh, Marty Bell have been teaming still a little bit. So I like Allison Kay, but I'm fine with her where she is because she's kind of been up and down. Rhea Ripley at 42. Uh, most of that, obviously, is because she hasn't wrestled since what? Right. Like, I think she would be much higher. Yeah. She dropped uh, 30 spots. But, right, she hasn't wrestled since what? Like, June? When did she get hurt? June? It's been a while. Yeah. Well, let's click on her name. That'll that'll answer the question. Uh, while, you, while you look, I can tell you my favorite person on here who I never heard of. And, um, you know, last year was Tootie Lynn. I hopped on her bandwagon and, and got to see her mm-hmm. wrestle live a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. number one sixteen out of Canada, Taryn from Accounting, is the as the gimmick <laughs> name. Taryn from Accounting. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Taryn Terrell. I'd really lose my mind. Wait, she's only had one match. It was a hell of a match, Steve. <laughs> Taryn Crawl. I'll have to look up more of Tara. She from wrestled accounting. Bonnie from HR. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I wonder what Dave. Uh, I wonder what Dave Meltzer gives for matches with uh, office departments. Is that a different star <laughs> list? <laughs> which is office workers. All right. So Rhea's Rhea, of course, has wrestled lately. She's kind of back in the groove. She beat Roxanne Perez on that NXT crossover last week. Um, her first match back was the 15th. Her and she, her and Damian priest lost to, uh, lost to Dolph and Nikki, uh, Ash or Nikki ASH, whatever the fuck they call her before that. Her last match was the June 6th raw in a four-way, she actually won the match in a four-way against Alexa Bliss, Dewdrop, and Liv Morgan. And she had some kind of strange brain injury or head injury or something. And she didn't wrestle again until, uh, like, last week or two weeks ago. So, yeah. So she was out from June 6th to October 15th, Rhea Ripley. So having her drop 30 spots makes sense because she didn't wrestle for, like, four months. So... Um. Uh, Sasha is twenty six. I gotta be honest. I think that's kind of high. I mean, her last match was May fifteenth. Was the last one her and Naomi wrestled? They beat Natalia and, and Shayna uh, at a uh, at a house show. Um, I don't know. Does that seem kind of high? I thought a little bit, but she was, how active was she last year in 2021? She pretty active. Well, probably because last year she was six. Yeah. Mm. I don't know, Nate. What do you think? You think she's a little high? 26? Or is this, is this go back to your, or is this a perfect example of your, this list needs to be longer kind of thing? Yeah, I think, well, hey, yes, the list does need to be longer, but I also feel like it's, it's the name recognition Mm. and 
even when she wasn't wrestling, like one of the bigger stories in women's wrestling for the past year has been Sasha and Naomi. Right. And so I think that plays into it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I like I'd, I'd almost forgotten how long it's been since we saw them actively in a ring. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know where Naomi is. Where's Naomi on this list? She was on there. Uh, I just, I'm off the page. I just went to Sasha's page. She was down there, kind of. I think in that 60s range or. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. I can guarantee you'll be at the uh, Forever red carpet. Yeah, I haven't seen the pictures yet, but I heard she was there. I know uh, 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 the New Day were there. They they were looking they were looking very sharp. Hmm. Um, Oscar, uh, another another one I want to highlight. She was uh, sixty one. She dropped forty seven spots from last year, but she's another one that hasn't wrestled a ton. But she's uh she's a hunter girl, so that will change. Um, like her last match was September twenty fourth. On a Saturday night's main event, you know, one of those pay-per-views somewhere in Canada, uh, she, her, and Alexa Bliss lost a women's tag title match to Dakota Kai and EO Sky. So she has wrestled for like a month, but she was fairly consistent. I mean, she wrestled all year, but lost a lot. Um, her and her and your girl Bianca uh, Nate wrestled a ton in the summertime. A lot of triple yeah. threats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's kind of where she is, but I have a feeling, you know, again, she's a hunter girl. So I think you'll see her have a better year. Rosemary. She always kind of went, I guess the one that I really wish besides, well, I've done my Camille rant. I need to save my voice for the Saturday special, but I do like, I think because I was so wanting her to win the four way at all out. I really wish Jamie Hayter was higher. Mm. I still, I think 64 is too low, but maybe that's just my opinion. Right on. What do you think, Steve? I th- I, at first thought, I thought she was a little t- low, too, be just because of how often she's been featured on AEW. Because either she's going to be wrestling or she's part of a tag team with Britt, mm-hmm. or she's backing Britt. Just, she's on almost every single week on television. Now, is mm-hmm. she a name like, you know, Sasha or, or Liv or your, your girl Mandy Rose? No, <laughs> but I, I do think she should be higher than say like some of the the nxt women in like toxic attraction and stuff like that whose right names i don't remember because they were changed <laughs> like Gigi dole and jc jane i'm thinking of mm. i want to make something clear by the way and i i feel terrible about one thing i don't hate mandy rose oh no i'm just busting she's you. just not 21 <laughs> and she's not better than camille ridiculous that is strength, that is totally... strength of schedule comes into play, Scott. Oh God, Camille well, had a lot of non-conference matchups. She did, but she also beat the number ten team in the country <laughs> twice <laughs> on TV. Oh, but that must be one of those in the woods things. But anyway, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, uh, I may put the link to the list on. Uh, <laughs> it may not, or, <laughs> or I may fire Steve. Uh, I don't know if this is some kind of weird psychobabble test. That does. Speaking of psychobabble, we're going to talk about the, the mailbag next. But anyway, uh, there's your list. So once again, the top 10, Ty Valkyrie 10, Starlight Kid 9, Charlotte Flair 8, Saya Kamatani 7, Jordan Grace 6, Jade Cargill 5, Becky Lynch 4, Thunder Rosa 3, 
Bianca Belair two, and Siuri one. Uh, now that I'm looking at this list, I think I put Jade Cargill higher than Becky Ampha. I might put Jade Cargill at three. Hmm. I might have put Jade Cargill a little higher. I'm not going to lie. Now that I'm looking at it. But anyway. All right. So let's move on uh, before I have a stroke. Uh, let us uh, talk about the main topic tonight, and that is our mailbag. And we want to thank everybody who gave us questions. We gave you an extra couple of weeks after uh, uh, because of uh, we had scheduling issues. We couldn't do a show two weeks ago. So we gave everybody uh, some extra time for questions, and we actually got a ton. Uh, we'll save a few maybe for a future mailbag. But, uh, Steve, you've got a few. Why don't you begin? Okay. I have one that I sent you guys to think about, but I'm going to do a couple from our buddy, Andrew Reich, first, uh, the Boogie the Bayou, who has, if you listen to AEW podcast, has like a 36-page of notes, like outline that he uses for every episode that he adds to and subtracts from, including questions. And when I say 36 pages, I'm I'm not exaggerating, like literally 36 pages. <laughs> Um, so he had, in his section of questions that he's always meant to do, but has not, um, he, he sent me two of these more difficult ones. Um, this is, this is, this is a great one. This one literally made me laugh out loud. So remember, these are about for like from about three weeks or so ago, uh, so ago, who has made more money off the backs of others and wasted more of it? Vince McMahon, Russell Westbrook, or Brett Favre? <laughs> Brett Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre, no doubt. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, his rep only got worse in the last, like, I don't know, seven, six or seven years. I feel like it, his rep yeah. wasn't that bad no. when he and KD were in o- o- OKC. But I only Brett Favre was just because Mike Holmgren let him do whatever the hell he wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, he only won one Super Bowl because the guy just you cannot throw a football through a sternum. And, and, you know, you, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, what is that? Death becomes her, the, 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 the DVD or the movie cover of Goldie Hawn with a hole in her stomach. <laughs> Apparently Brett Favre thinks you could actually do that with a football. And he would. Some of the dumbest picks ever. Yeah. He would get off on breaking people's fingers and practices that yeah. seriously, he would like try to sprain and break people's practice, uh, like taxi squad guys. Terrible. Yeah. And then, I mean, you can't. I mean, listen. Every promoter makes money off people's packs. I mean, it's not just Vince. I mean, you know, Vince just did it the best. Did it the best or worse, depending on your point of view. But at least, as, as bad as Vince was, at least Vince didn't defraud an entire state like Brett Favre. Yeah, exactly. of, of, of welfare recipients. <laughs> exactly. How about and, and, how about uh, Vern Gagne off Hulk Hogan and then and then. Yeah. Letting him leave because he didn't because he tried to fleece him even more. (laughs) And in terms of the question, I'm not gonna like be. I'm not a person who like like is a Vince McMahon defender, but you know, outside of something like tout, like it's not like he's Mm. blown. uh, I mean, he's made a lot of money for a lot of people. I mean, generally stockholders, but and that's that's corporations at this point. But yeah, for me, it's uh, it's Brett Favre for for sure, especially in lights of you know getting a, a volleyball facility for uh <laughs> southern miss <laughs> uh, that's true southern miss the camille of ncaa football mm. <laughs> <laughs> just keep twisting the knife there scotty uh, 
The Dana uh. Brooke. Southern Miss is more the Dana Brooke at this point. <laughs> I like Dana Brooke. Yeah, yeah I do I too. Do. I should take that back. I, I she gets a bad I, rap because she, she does get a bad rap. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, it's definitely Brett Favre that sleaze bag. Um, okay. All right, here's uh, this is a good one too. This is um, he sent me this one during the uh, Andrade Sammy Guevara beef backstage. Uh, so if you uh, do you know about this one, Scott? I don't. Like uh, Andrade basically complained, or Sammy complained that Andrade hit him too hard, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I and know that. So Andrade yeah, got all... big Twitter war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, it was yep, yep. absolutely childish. So yep. yeah, then they got to work and they pushed each other around a little bit. So right. have you ever gotten so mad at someone on social media that you actually contemplated contemplated searching for their address and confronting them? <laughs> I can't say that I have, but again, I, I cracked up. But so, have any of you gotten so mad at someone on social media that you actually thought about going and and, and hunting them down? I I've uh, never wanted to hunt anyone down, but I thought well, if I ever ran into this person, mm-hmm. I'd probably slap him upside the head. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that's about the extent of it. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. As, as much as there's probably many. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, if it was more of a happenstance thing, yes, yeah, yep, perhaps, but I wouldn't go searching. Listen, John Moxley was only two feet away from me in Dallas, but I was, I, I had one too many PBRs and I couldn't even get up, but that's how, that's how good I know sold his match. But anyway, that's a different, that was a different me and a different, uh, uh, opinion of, uh, of the Mox. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't care enough <laughs> to, it depends on the person, but normal for the most part now, no. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I, I probably used to get more frustrated by people online, especially more in like the blog days and stuff where you'd have more interaction back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real uh, meet me in Temecula vibes there, Steve Willie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, like I've, I've never gotten ups- that upset about anything online that I would. Because here's the thing, Steve. Like, you can say, have, has somebody gotten you to the point where, like, you're like, oh, if they were in this room, I'd punch them. That's one thing. But the logistics of looking up their address and putting it in the GPS, filling up the car, <laughs> driving. Like, I don't know if this is at night when you read the thing on Twitter or in the morning. Like, there's a lot going on. Like, could you miss work the next day? There's a lot have of logistics to, to go into this. They'll have to book the flight, go through, go through customs. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Get last minute tickets. Yep. <laughs> last minute tickets. Yeah. It's hard enough just to get up and go to work some days. Yeah. Who, who has time for that, Steve? Yeah. Just let him say something else stupid. <laughs> and then, I love their like real stuff in life to get angry about. Yes. Someone disrespected yeah. me. Yes. On fighting on fighting on Twitter is a young man's game, and none of us yeah. here are the Starlight Kid anymore. <laughs> 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 exactly. I'm gonna find some. I'm gonna find whoever the person was that put Camille at 23. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go search them out. <laughs> I'm gonna search them out. And Steve's I gonna pull off his Vince McMahon hood. It was me all along, Scott. It was me all along. <laughs> I love Liv Morgan. No. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that's a good one. All right, I'll do one next. I'll, we'll rotate. Okay. Um, this is from uh, a buddy of mine who wanted to remain anonymous, but uh, he's a good listener to the show. Um, the question is, what is your favorite venue you've ever been to live? Hmm. 
all the wrestling of all the all the places you have gone to for a wrestling show. Okay. Which which is your favorite one? Um well for me, I have two. Uh my beloved New Haven Coliseum, which is no longer standing, which breaks my heart, but I've been to I went to almost forty house shows and raws there, and that place was my dump. Uh it was a shithole, but it was my shithole, and I saw some great matches there. I saw a raw taping. I got to watch uh it was tech my first you could argue it might have been my first title change, although technically the belt was vacant. But I did watch Razor Ramon win the title, win the Intercontinental title in September of '93. Uh, mm. Him and uh, remember him and Rick Martel tied the Battle Royal, and then they wrestled separately and Razor won. So, but technically the title was vacant. My first official title change didn't come until No Way Out 2000, when I saw titles in the first two matches I watched. Kurt Angle beat Jericho for the European belt. I'm sorry for the Intercontinental belt. And then the Dudleys beat the New Age Outlaws for the tag belt. So my first two matches on that show, No Way Out 2000, I saw title changes. But I'm going to say the New England Coliseum for me and uh, and definitely Madison Square Garden. I can't, I can't not say the Mecca, the, the home office. Those were amazing. Uh, every time I go there. I mean, I, I was there for WrestleMania and I was there for Saturday Night's main event taping. <clears throat> and they were both pretty great. So um, those are mine. Pete, you must have a ton. Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, I always loved going as a kid, going to um, the San Houston Coliseum. I always thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of history there. But really, I think the, my favorite venue was I saw an NXT show up in San Antonio at the uh, Junction, I guess, or the, uh, right outside the Alamo Dome, and because there wasn't a bad seat in the house type of thing. And, uh, and I was in one of the last seats. Like I think I was in the upper deck, and it was still great seats because uh, sometimes where you're too far away you're just you, you just you can't get into the action but it's mm-hmm. like it's just a perfectly sized building i think it holds like eight eight to ten thousand people very similar to the sam houston coliseum it was just perfect venue for wrestling uh where you know you got a hot crowd and you and the, i didn't have a bad seat in the house mm-hmm. okay Nate, how about you the I scope? Mean, well first of all I, I was i was surprised uh we didn't we didn't hear about the Pete's many travels to the Sportatorium. That's that's what I wanted to hear. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. What's your favorite place to take a piss that didn't have a bathroom, a working bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wanted Pete to, Pete to regale us with stories of Gino Hernandez and. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and what was going yeah, on? We, in those we can't tell those stories. Um, exactly. I don't know if the statute of limitations ran out yet, but uh, I would uh, say the coolest place I've ever watched wrestling was uh, when I lived in San Diego and uh, we took a trip to LA and saw a WWE show at the Great Western Forum. Uh, uh, that was cool. Uh, just uh, being in the building where the Lakers played, my dad's a big uh, Lakers fan. Uh, that was that was cool. But uh, awesome. you're you're absolutely right, Scotty. Like my favorite venue, just because I've been there the, the most times and. I've uh, seen a couple World War Threes, and you'll hear a story about my trip to World War Three uh, on uh, an episode of the Jenny Position from a couple years ago. I told mm-hmm. that story, uh, but uh, the Norfolk yeah. Scope, I've seen uh, like five WCW pay-per-views there, a couple house shows. Uh, but I guess now it feels like the scope is being phased out, like the WWE will run the, the scope in the Hampton Coliseum. Uh, right. once a year, but then it feels like, and we saw this this past week with AEW, 
the Chartway Center, which is uh, on the campus of ODU, is kind of maybe going forward. Like, that'll be the new scope for somebody on a podcast 20 years from now. Uh, <laughs> and so I've seen uh, a couple impact shows at uh, the Chartway, which used to be the Ted Constant Convocation Center, which is way too many words. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have I have yet to make my way to an AEW show. I was thinking about going to this 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 one this past week, uh, but between work and also no Hangman, I was like, yeah, I'll skip this one. Mm-mm. Yeah, no Hangman. That that would that would definitely be it for me as well. Steve, you Rosemont. Rosemont was definitely the first. I've seen a lot of different things in the Rosemont. Um, I've, I've seen old WWF house shows there. Saw WrestleMania there. So that's got to be up there. Um, I really like Turner Hall in Milwaukee, which is a concert venue that Ring of Honor did quite a few shows on when they came back to Wisconsin. And then um, NXT did when they started up. Um, Kevin Owens and um, Sami Zayn always said, uh, besides Reseda, like that, it, that was number two for them uh, after Reseda. So they, it's just, it was, it's a very loud venue and the, uh, you get a great combination of people from Chicago and Milwaukee, Milwaukee, huge wrestling town, but just not the numbers of Chicago. So you get like 600 really, really hot wrestling fans in there and, uh, in an actual mm-hmm. concert hall, as opposed to a sport sports stadium. So the, um, the audio carries really nicely. And uh, it, it just and, and then you're so close. You're, you're so close to um, some pretty pay, some pretty big names. Like I saw AJ Styles in the front row and then like a the next show I was up in the balcony and it's the same thing. Like, like you're saying, Pete, you know, not a bad seat in the house. Like I'm basically sitting next to the commentary up on the on the top and looking straight down at everything. So really cool venue. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Rosemont Horizon would have to be one just for the historical spot. But it's um, it's not the best place to see a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but of course, goes back to you know just the historical the, part. Yeah, yeah, the the wrestling classic and WrestleMania two and and uh, and they're still using it for like I know oh, yeah, it's because absolutely. of the history. Like, there's so many better venues to go to in the Chicago area. I guess uh, they don't. I, I don't AWs know. Use three better venues than the AWs use them all. Yeah, yeah, and, and all mean, three of those venues are better. Yeah, they, what's funny is they did uh they did uh SummerSlam '94 at yeah. the United Center, and then I don't think they've gone no nope. back since. Never went back. Uh, Weird, DePaul's right? new stadium because DePaul used to play at the Horizon. Yes. Um, yeah, Allstate Arena, and that was always the the joke why DePaul couldn't draw because it's about a half an hour away from the campus. So <laughs> now they have the where they did AEW Revolution, and I think they did. I think they're doing the Thanksgiving dynamite from there as well is a beautiful like big east stadium the chicago sky play there so i've always holds like oh, 10, right, yeah. 11, Okay. yeah they, they could probably do a raw there very nicely it's not like they're selling out the all-state for a raw or smackdown hmm. okay uh, that was a good question i like those kind of mm-hmm. questions you know we don't talk about that kind of stuff steve go ahead what do you got all right i will hold on one second i will pull up the one i had posted before, do you, do you have that up, Scott, or do you want me to hunt it oh, down you here? Go ahead. I have, I have, I have my other list up. So go ahead. All right. So this is my friend Andy Tarks, who known since college, huge wrestling fan, uh, big indie fan too. Um, so these are tied together. Do you have a favorite move or spot that always makes you smile, no matter who does it? And conversely, what are you tired of seeing in terms of moves or spots? 
Hmm. Hmm. I have. I, I can go first. I have a a couple. Right. Um, okay. One of mine that I favorites and uh like we had a, this in a in a separate chat of my my college friends. And I know one of my, my buddies, Jamie, likes this one, too. The Dragon Screw Leg Whip went done right. I've always thought it's fun. Like, Tanahashi does uh, a couple different versions in the one of the ropes. I've always liked um, Brian Danielson's when he does, like, the back superplex, like the belly to back. And they just kind of right. hang there for a moment. Like, when anyone does a superplex like that, I I really enjoy that. Like just, like, the two guys coming down, crashing. And it just, there's this right. bigger stall of falling back than as a regular superplex and and what i'm tired of seeing honestly is hurricane rana's um <laughs> like uh like it's cool to see it done in like lucha matches or juniors matches but now when every single athlete in every match like someone like keith lee does it oh it's incredible he's huge and he's doing these great moves but then you see like wardlow do it the next match and then you see you know everyone in wwe do it and everyone it's just okay yeah yeah it's, that's the it's, one thing i've always wondered i mean they have all these producers and they don't protect right. any of these fucking moves you know yeah yep and the and the reverse run is getting old too because uh it, it's such a devastating looking move like when someone like Phoenix does it, or even um, that was Bailey that pulled it out at that one of the early takeovers, right? When she when she beat Sasha for yeah. the title, she did it off the second rope, and I was like, "Whoa, that that was out of nowhere!" And now you see that that move done all the time on and the right. Indies and AEW. Like I don't know if it's done on in WWE much, uh, but yeah, it, it's just like. Okay, yeah, you're 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 killing the move of something that's really impressive, and yeah, the Ronas are done in almost every match now at this point. Mm. Uh, Pete, go? you go next. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, my, I think my favorite move is a spine buster, a good old spine buster. <laughs> uh, Delicious. I mean, it, it's just, you know, it just looks. I mean, it really looks like a killer. I mean, uh, from Ron Simmons to Arn Anderson. I mean, some of these guys are just just were fantastic with. Yeah. Uh, moves I can. I'm fed up with uh, super kicks. Um, <laughs> Canadian destroyers. And, mm. and cutters and cutters. I mean, oh, I think, cutters are getting really bad. Yeah, mm. I mean, hell, yeah, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, you go, you'll go to an indie show and you'll get all three of them in a match, uh, mm-hmm. seven matches in a row. I mean, it's just like, oh my god, it's made mean nothing to me at, at this point. Mm. The Hob spine buster that he did on Ricky Starks when he beat him in like five minutes at All Out. That was a uh, a, a pretty good spine buster as well. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I still love Arns at WrestleMania 18 when he slipped out of nowhere and drilled Taker. Mm-hmm. I, was, I mean, his spine busters yeah. in his prime are fucking awesome. Unbelievable. But the one he did, the one he did to uh, to Taker in Toronto was pretty great. What about you, Nate? All right. So I I have some favorite moves, but I associate them more with the person I think perfected it. Uh, and so. My my top three like all time favorite moves would be, uh, and this goes back to Pete's days as a young man at the Sportatorium. There was a there was this like he wasn't even a star, Steve Willie. This he was just a dude on world class that they would throw in like the third match of every show, and he was this dude named Brian Adias. <laughs> oh, yes, Brian I remember Brian. And, and I said it was a yes. I yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I, when I was a kid, I was, I kept calling them Adidas. But then I mm-hmm. guess, you know, when what the, you know, when I when I grew older, you know, when I was a boy, I thought as a boy. But now that I'm a man, I I put respect on Brian Adidas's name, 
And Brian Adias had the simplest, some would say laziest move, but he made it look very effective. And that was the spinning toehold, Steve Willie. <laughs> just a spinning toehold. It's like, I'm going to get this guy's leg and I'm just going to spin around it. And you think I'm breaking this guy's, every bone in this guy's lower body because it looked so effective. So I got to give it up for Brian Adias. With the spinning toehold, Steve Willie. Brian uh, <laughs> with Adias, I, I, I was, I was always would think of Dory Funk Jr. But yeah, you know, Dory had a good one too. But there was something about. See, you knew the Funks were 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 bad dudes. Pete. Yeah, you didn't you didn't expect anything from this guy in the third match on the card. But Brian <laughs> Diaz gave you that spinning toehold every week. Yeah, uh, he, uh, I got to be honest. He. Uh, uh, Nate, he had. I'm, I'm in the, one of my chrono watches. I'm watching all the world classes on he, the network. And in 87, uh, he was kind of a push to the main event as a heel. He turned on the Von Erichs and yeah, teamed yeah, with Al Madrill. Cool. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And he teamed with, and him and Al Madrill were actually uh, tag team champions for a brief time. So he was not as, he was third matchy for a while, Nate. But then he started, when you chum up to Kevin and Carrie, you immediately get shot yes. to the. So, yes. Um, chum with the main eventers. With, and, the, with uh, the spinning suddenly, toehold like that. You know, that's, yeah. that's you got to put the rocket on. <laughs> Well, they didn't want to practice and the it. The world they, class booking was. I, I mean, eventually every friend of the Von Erichs turned on him. Yes, I mean, yes, you know, pretty much. Reavers, yes. Chris Adams, the Brian Adias. I mean, Eric Embry, all of them. Eric. Uh, Embry. Yep. Um, and of course, you know that's because Brian Adias tried to do this. <laughs> I was going to say something. Ah, oh, fuck it. And then you realize later that they were all right. You know, it's just like <laughs> the heel logic, right? The heel logic is like, oh yeah, we should think the heels were right all along. Yeah, well, you know, he tried to do the spinning toe hold on Carrie, and he took his foot off. I'm sorry, I had to do it. I'm sorry. He tried to do the spinning toe hold on Carrie, and Carrie's foot spun. <laughs> he didn't feel anything. I'm sorry, I had to do it. I couldn't help myself. Um, you know, we, come we on, know, Carrie, Scott, you're, you're you're just processing your anger from from the the, the PWI 150. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I know. I'm throwing it. Yeah, I, it's it's misplaced anger. <laughs> it is. It is misplaced anger. That's an emo. That's an emo song that Stevie's listened to in college. Misplaced anger. Um, Steve uh, was the front man for misplaced anger. Yes, it was. Yeah, you were, you were singing. Yep. Uh, yes. Um. Uh, right, well, my other two moves, real quick, oh, Scotty. Um, you know, sorry, I, yes. You, you know, I, I know the spinning toe hold was a great one, but I've got two more for you uh, that, that that might be just as great, Scotty okay. Scola. Uh, yes, so, I know Pete said that he hates the super kick or it's overused. But I'm gonna go back to, and maybe it's maybe it's these mid carters pulling off these moves that 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 really got me as a young man, Steve Willie. Because now that I'm thinking about it, my first was Brian Adias with the spinning toe hold. My second is a super kick from a man named Ranger Ross in WCW. <laughs> ah, Ranger Ross. <laughs> Ranger Ross. Like this this random this random black forest ranger i'm assuming or maybe he was like an army ranger i'm not sure i'm not sure who he enlisted with but ranger ross had a hell of a super kick that only won him a handful of matches and whenever he did it i I was like yes ranger ross with the super kick uh so that's number two number one though Mm -hmm. you you would think i'd be i'd be going to my guy sting here but you would be decidedly wrong Scott Criscola. I'm going to yes, one of Sting's greatest opponents from the great Muta. Ah. When Muta had knees, his moonsault was a thing of beauty. I used to like, as a kid, I was like, how does he do that? I didn't understand the physics of it. It's like, 
the great Muda for like a good three years was the coolest wrestler on the planet for me, even above Sting. I, and his uh, moonsault was one of the main reasons, Pete. I like his corkscrew elbow, that power yeah. drive elbow. That was the really power nuts. drive elbow oh, was great. Yeah. The mist. Oh, yeah. Muda, like Muda in the mid to late 80s was great. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Absolutely. Now, an uh, overused move here, Scott Criscola, a move yes, that I'm sick and tired of people using, and I wish uh, that they, they would uh, put a moratorium on it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am sick and tired of seeing variations on the figure four, and it pains me to say it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think this might have killed my enjoyment of that move forever. Yeah. Mike Mazanin's pitiful figure four. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, right, well, have they ever explained why flipping your opponent over, Steve, reverses <laughs> the leverage on that move? It, it, I don't think that's how it works. Now, going back I, to college, that was something that you know, we tried at some point. Uh, the, only, <laughs> the only thing that I could think of in kayfabe would be that um, the, the boot or the leg can really get up in your groin. When it turn when it turns over, but in terms of the legs, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm a little perplexed myself. I always wonder that too. I don't know if like if the shin, because obviously your 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 shin on your shin, but I wonder if you're de shinning, and mm. it's now going on the other guy's knee. I I don't have a damn clue. De shinification well, is uh, what we. You know, luckily we know we know professional wrestling isn't on the up and up, and they made <laughs> me believe it. Uh, by the selling right. of it, it yeah, like yep. it hurt, so I believed it. Yes, yep. much like the right. great. Like I don't even know if they do this anymore, Scott. But uh, yeah, when someone's in the sleeper and the ref checks the arms and they always <laughs> hulk up at that last that last yep. arm raise, like that yep. for whatever reason that little stupid trick always got me as a kid. I know it always did. Yeah, I, agree I remember when uh, when we were doing like the best of the eighty sets and. A lot of people hadn't been used to seeing the people use a sleeper as a finisher mm-hmm. and actually have to have to watch the guy come up and we wake him. They didn't understand. Yes. They thought they were. I actually had somebody thought they were actually attacking him at, after the bell. Hitting him <laughs> behind. Oh, he's trying to wake him up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, mine. Um, uh, no, mine, my, the move I love watching is not the pedigree. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, I mean, I love the pedigree, but that's not the move I'm talking about. Uh, my favorite move is one that got rarely used because WWE uh, stopped letting him use it for a while. Um, and it pissed me off to no end. That's why I love watching his Ring of Honor matches because he used it all the time. And I can't believe I'm, we're actually going to give a compliment to this guy because he doesn't deserve it. But I love and, – and if anybody <clears> – <throat> excuse me. If anybody else used this move, uh, guys, tell me because I'm not quite sure. but. When C. Philip C. M. Punk used the Anaconda Vice, mm. uh, I love that fucking finisher. I love that move. But he used it in the beginning when he went to WWE, and then they told him to get rid of it. He never used it after that, and he pretty much just used the go to sleep, which I think is just crap. Never liked that move. But I liked, uh, I love the Anaconda Vice, and he used it a ton in WWE, in uh, Ring of Honor. So I'm glad I got to watch it there. I don't think he used it much in uh, AEW, to be honest. Once um, or twice he used it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love that move. Um I hate to say this and maybe it'll maybe it'll be better uh after 
uh, and maybe it's because we're going back to my girl Camille. Once Edge is gone, can we retire the spear? Can fucking <laughs> Roman come up with another move? I am so tired of spears. So speared out. I'm done with spears. And I, yes, my girl Camille, that's her finisher. That's okay. She's worked with some other stuff. She's working on some, she's done some submissions in some matches too. But I know it's Edge's move and since Edge is active, that's okay. But Roman, please come up with something else. I am so speared out. Mm. Everybody uses a fucking spear. I am so speared out. Imagine Roman Reigns using a spinning toe hold. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be be unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Adias joins the bloodline. (laughs) (laughs) Is Brian Adias still with us? Uh, I I hope so. I'm sure. I believe so. I believe it's so. always hit or miss with world class guys. That is, it really that, is. that is true. It's hit or miss with the world class. Guys. Yeah, I you saw know. a shoot interview about five years ago, and I, he's like, I'm, you couldn't even tell. Oh, it's sure, unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. It's like Jimmy Garvin, like when he yeah. came around yeah. to do twenty four seven No, he's still with us. He is sixty uh, two. He's actually. Okay. I share a birthday with him. He was born on June first. He shares a birthday with me and PlaceBeNation.com. Very impressive. Right. And so you know, gonna... you know who we have to get on the show uh, next next summer. Yeah, the birthday boys. Yes, that's right. That's and right. It, it'll be it, it, it'll be ninety minutes, Steve, of just asking about the psychology of the spinning toe hole. <laughs> and what was it like to lose the the D in Adidas? Yes. <laughs> How to be canceled by Adidas before Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Oh my God. Listen to this. So during the summer of 87, when him and uh, Al Madrill were feuding with the Von Eriks, Kevin collapsed during an eight man tag match involving Adidas, which would set up an angle where he would develop his version of the Oriental Spike. Of course, a Oriental Tool. And he called it the Oriental Tool. Yeah, <laughs> that is my new favorite finisher. I want more people to use the Oriental tool. Called it an Oriental tool instead of the Oriental spike. I didn't know that. I watch a yeah, lot of he's, class, and it's, he's just, like, it's like, not the, the, the thing. I'm going to change about that name is not the Oriental. It's the it's the object. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, it's not really a spike per se, <laughs> but it is from the Orient. Let's let's make that clear. So you're in 87 on those Chrono watches? That's the worst year in WCCW, honestly. It, it, it is bad. I mean, right now, uh, I'm in, like, uh, I'm in May. And, I mean, there are some, like, Jeep Swenson. And, yeah. uh, mm, and yes. Brody's in a, Bruiser Brody's in a mask. He's Red River Jack. Yeah, and, I do remember that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think we've gotten to, I don't think we've gotten to the, well, Mike Von Erich just passed away. He just he had just died uh, there at this point. The episode, the shows that are on that are I'm in now are are uh, clip, not clip shows, but they're cutting up the uh, parade mm. of champions, the Texas stadium show. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, that was a great show. History. It was. But uh, yeah, but um, not so, in 87. No, nah. <laughs> it was so, that that year was so full of Oriental tools. Uh, is that where were those the teams in a, in uh, the AWA? Is that what uh, Larry Nelson called all those guys? My God, the six man Oriental tools. <laughs> those damn Orientals. All right. Uh, so that's my so that was my question. That was a good one. Um, okay, I have. Uh, do you have any more? Uh, uh, Steve, I have one, I have one more, but I'm afraid right, about 
what your answer is going to be. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who is your favorite wrestler and why is it Mandy Rose? <laughs> All right, so I'll do this one. Uh, this is an anonymous one. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do this one to Scott uh, to start. With, with Cody Rhodes rumored to be the guy who beats Roman, what other AEW megastar should WWE try mm. to steal? And why can't they build their own stars to that level? <laughs> well played. They are, they are building up their own stars. Mandy Rose! They're <laughs> <laughs> building schism. This, this was uh-huh. a completely anonymous question and not at all someone that we know. <laughs> oh, um, well, they are going to eventually. I, I do think eventually they will get MJF. I do think they... Because MJF's going to take the money, mm-hmm. so I, th- I think I think MJF will. Um, after that, um, I can't see them poaching a lot of the women's wrestlers. I think mm-hmm. AW needs them badly, so I can't see Jade like I, I can't see Jade Cargill going to to WWE. Um, I think they totally screw her up. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Pete? Punk. <laughs> I I do not think so. Tr- Triple H, the one guy that actually Triple Triple H doesn't hate anybody, and that's the one guy Triple H fucking hates. No, that's not happening. I do not see that happening. No way. No way. It's best I think for Punk, business, Scott. It's best for business. Well, he'd have to confer with me while I'm while I take the kids out to the playground. <laughs> <laughs> Aura, it's time to practice your spinning toe holds, Aurora. Come on. Um. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think I think Punk's done with the business, but that's another question for another so day. I, I think I think so too. But I but of all the guys, if I if I wanted if I'm the WWE and I want one guy who was on the AEW roster, I think it'd be Punk. Honestly, probably I could see him sometime. I mean, maybe if he cools off for a year, maybe they'll talk about it next fall, and mm-hmm. he'd be like set for Mania in Philly. That would I could see that maybe. Yeah. But not. I mean, he's that. he's a stubborn enough son of a bitch uh, to uh, to actually go to WWE just to spite AEW. <laughs> son of a bitch. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know, Steve. Anybody come to mind? Not really. I just uh, the the best part of what I thought was <laughs> like if Cody did win, like, hey, who else? Why, why can't WWE make their own stars to to be on top? That's that's pretty good. Um, they did Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's true. He was not made on the uh, on in the movie F nine or <laughs> Furious Eight, whichever one had the Rock's family. When he kept saying "Uso" to fuck, oh no, that was Shaw Hobbs. Shaw. Shaw. He kept saying "Uso" to fucking Idris Elba. I'm thinking this is <laughs> this is what's gonna happen in about uh, six months <laughs> from now or something, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is in uh, SoFi. So who knows? Um. Like guys like uh like like Hangman Page, I can't see it. Nah, I can't see Hangman Page. Uh, the Bucks, mm, I think WWE'd want them sometime down the line just to make like a fucking killer. Like Bucks Usos, I'd pay for that. Mm. I'd pay for that. Sure. I'll tell you if if we're talking tag teams, and it would it probably would never happen, Steve. I'd kind of be interested to see the Lucha Brothers in a WWE context. Mm. Well, they're free agents. Right, I think they. Uh, I think they. They're rumored. That's. I think that's more reality than fantasy right now. I think. 
the the luchas. Um, and other than MJF, I would say like if if I'm if I'm uh, you know Triple H having Sunday brunch with Steph and Scott and the kids, mm-hmm. uh, I would I'd be I'd be looking at the AEW roster on on my phone or tablet or whatever Triple H uses. He's probably got a spreadsheet document, uh, mm-hmm. and I just be like I'm like. This uh, this uh, Jungle Jack Perry kid. Hmm. I, I like the cut of his jib. Like I think Jungle Boy could be interesting in a, in a WWE yeah. context. By the way, no, I think like when you brought up uh, the Lucha Brothers, I think Ray Phoenix. We could j- mm-hmm. jump jump into that Hispanic demographic that the WWE is always coveting. Yeah, but they just haven't been able to find anybody after since Ray and and Eddie. Uh, they just haven't been able to develop one. But I think Ray Phoenix would, yeah, would fall right into it. And he'd be, he'd be a better he, son for Ray than Dominic. I don't think we need both of them. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't think we need both brothers. He just, <laughs> just Phoenix comes in, Ray, I'm your real son. I'm your daddy. <laughs> I'm a much better wrestler than Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Dominic. Really so what's the Poor next? That's Dominic. the next ladder match. They're just gonna hang Ray off. They're gonna hang Ray off something. <laughs> yes. One of them has to grab Ray oh, they'll off. Bring, they'll bring <laughs> Russo back. Listen, bro. It's a poppy <laughs> on a pole match, bro. Poppy <laughs> on a pole. Who drives they hang Dominic on, 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 a, on, a, on a wire, and no one wants to climb up to save him. <laughs> he'll be. He'll still be on uh, Rhea's dog collar. So, um, <laughs> but uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one, uh, Steve. All right. Uh, I got one here. Um, okay. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. Here we go. Um, all right. So my buddy, these next few questions are from my very good friends uh, who are on YouTube and they listen to our show all the time. My good friends, Mike and Ralph Valenti, who are the hosts of the Squared Circle Psychobabble Pod, which you can see on uh, – they're, they're on YouTube, but you can also see them on uh, – uh, other podcast catchers and they they're going to be future guests down the line but they're good fans young guys but good fans so here's their first question what is the greatest nxt match you have seen live the greatest nxt match what is the best nxt match you've seen live i'll probably need a few minutes on that one Mine's easy. Uh, well, I have two. Um, but the first one, and I and I put it on my GWWE list, it's my highest rated NXT match ever, and that is uh, Andrade and uh, Johnny from TakeOver Philly in January of 2018. Uh, it's the greatest NXT match I've ever seen. Number two is the first. Both of them have Gargano. Uh, was the first Gargano... Well, I guess it's both of them. They're close. Both Gargano Adam Cole matches. The one from Takeover New York Mania nineteen uh, Mania weekend in twenty nineteen, and the following month or the following one when they did their anniversary show in Bridgeport, when uh, Cole won the NXT title. Those those, those three matches. But uh, I, the the Andrade Johnny match is just a notch above the other two. So that's mine. How about you, Nate? I've never seen NXT live, so uh, I'll defer to oh. Steve's. An- I'll defer to Steve's answer, but it it better include Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. At it. I'm going back and looking at 
some of the because I've gone to I think two three paper I've gone to three pay per views. So I'm trying to think of that. I went to the two Chicago shows. Um, man, this is this is really hard just because I, I I just can't I, I I'm not good at recalling these things in general. So I apologize. Um, do you have any? Oh, okay. Keep thinking, Pete. Do you have any? Yeah. I'm trying to think on top of my head. I want to say Zane and Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Dallas? Oh, God, yeah. 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 That was awesome. Uh, and then two of two NXT house shows I went to. One was, um, whatchamacallit? It was, uh, God, um, it was, Gar- uh, no, it was uh, NXT. It was uh, the Revival versus, um, uh, what's his name? What's uh, Jason Jordan and uh, Chad Gable. Oh, Alpha Academy. Yeah, that was awesome. Or American uh, Alpha. Yeah, and then another uh, NXT Alpha house Flight. show I went to was mm. Revival versus uh, Gargano and Ciampa, and that was awesome. Mm. Yes. Yep. Uh, okay. All right, Steve. Time's up. Pick something. I don't care. Um, I remember the war games I went to with my kids. The one where. Um, Kevin Steen came back in the the original uh, his original gear. That was a really fun match. It was like Champa, mm-hmm. Kevin Steen, um, and then that show had that the was a good show. Match. The women's war games match. The women's because that one had an actual storyline to it with mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. with the surprise of um, Dakota Kai turning. But yeah, that that show was was pretty good. And also being with my kids there, I'm trying to think like. The one before that, the other Chicago show, I don't remember. And then we went to, was that the Nakamura debut that we saw, Scott, the NXT, the second NXT? Yeah. Brooklyn? Yeah. That was pretty cool just to hear his 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 uh, music after, like he played the, he did the Dallas one and then that was his second match that he did. So that was pretty cool. I think that was one where Asuka won the championship. Was that the one where the guy came out with a violin or was that Dallas? Yes. Yep. That was one. That's a that great entrance. Awesome. It's an awesome entrance. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, okay. they they would have some really good house show matches too. Because like I probably, I think I went to like three of the, the house shows and they they were just allowed to do whatever they wanted to. Mm. Amazing, like what you do when you just let pros go out in the ring and try things. Yeah, out. Yeah, I know for sure. I love the NXT house shows because they're also like real short. They're like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. They interact. I mean, yeah. I, I think I've said this before, but I got like a great picture of my oldest, like hugging Dakota Kai. Um, I got a hug by Bailey, which is like whew, my stars and garters. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the last one we went to, like uh, Riddle took our, our phone and did like a selfie with us. And yeah, it's it just really cool. Mm. Uh, OK, OK, uh, here's one. Uh, this might take a few minutes, but I don't think so. I mean, we we could probably do this one pretty quick. Attitude Era versus Current Era, five on five Survivor Series match. Mm. He he wants to do both a men's match and a women's match. Well, we won't. We could hold off the women's match. <laughs> uh, we can hold off the women's match because Camille would blow them all out of. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, May Young, <laughs> May Young, <laughs> BB. <laughs> BB Miss Kitty without a top. Um, no. Uh, all right, we'll do the men. That's that. That. So attitude era versus current era, five on five, men's match. Uh, well, obviously Steve, yeah. Brock, yep, 
Taker. Yeah. Uh, Stone Mick. Cold. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I said Steve. Stone Cold, Rock, Taker, oh. Mick. And I don't know if I put... Would you put Sean? Ooh. Because he's front-end survivor. He's front-end Attitude Era or no? I wouldn't. I don't think he was in the Attitude Era. And, uh, I, I see yeah. him as before a bit. Okay. Yeah. Who'd be the fifth guy? Who'd be the fifth guy then? God, I don't Kurt? want to say Kane. Kurt, okay, let's do Kurt. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to go Kurt or Show. Yeah, Show. Or technically, you could do Jericho or even yeah. uh, uh, Voldemort there, uh, Chris Benoit. Did you see Hunter? I didn't say Hunter. I avoided it on purpose. Thank you. <laughs> I put Hunter in there. So Hunter's in there. Thanks, my Scott. Yeah, you like that? Uh, against now, who would be the top five now? Well, probably, obviously, Roman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Seth. Farmer Brock. Brock. <laughs> <laughs> has, to be farmer, has to be Farmer. Farmer Brock, yes. Uh, uh, it gets hard there, doesn't it? Lashley? Uh, I, would, I, would, I would have Sami Zayn on there, honestly. Uh, Riddle? That guy's a great character. He's yeah. so good right now. Maybe Riddle? Like Orton yeah. can almost fit in both sides, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah or he could. Well, I have an Orton. I have a, I have an Orton, Orton will be the special ref. Yes, crossing crossing line. Well, he was more ruthless aggression. Yeah. If we had a ruthless aggression Survivor Series, I would definitely put Orton there. Um, you know what? I, 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 I'd actually think about putting AJ in there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The women. Well, the women uh, for the current would be easy for me. I think you just put in all the horse women and Bianca. Yeah, I mean, Bianca Charlotte. Well, I'd have all the horse women in Oscar. Kill you, Rose. I swear to God, I'm gonna give you the Anaconda device. Um, uh, I, I would probably. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say probably uh, Charlotte, uh, uh, Bianca, Becky, Sasha Bailey, Sasha Bailey. Yeah, See, Oscar makes my team. Bad. Yeah, Oscar, I think, might make my team, too. I wouldn't, like, you take out Bailey, then? Yeah. And put in... And put in Oscar. Because I think, I think Bianca and Asuka are needed. I mean, Asuka's out of... Asuka and Bianca are probably my two favorite women in WWE in the past. Mm-hmm. On the other side... Ever, honestly. Jesus. Sable, I guess? <laughs> Ivory? I, I would put Ivory hey, in there. Ivory can go. I, I Ivory? Yeah, Ivory. Um, uh, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Yeah. Well, obviously Trish. Well, Although honestly, some good house show matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I, I can't. The only reason Lita? I can't China. Trish. Oh, China. Yeah, oh, China. Lita. Yeah. Oh, Lita. Yeah. I can't. I can't say Trish because I feel like Trish didn't peak till Ruthless Aggression. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. China, Jackie. Ivory, Ivory Lita. Oh, yeah, and not Gata. And not Jackie Gata. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is Tori Wilson attitude era? Like, yeah, I think she would be. Yeah. Yeah, because right when they, yeah, she crossed over immediately oh, from yeah, WCW. Yeah, yeah. But if we're talking in ring, I, I think you do have to definitely have Ivory in there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. God, one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever met, too. Ivory, I agree. I met her at a Walmart <laughs> after she was released. I met her, she was in town. She was in Norwalk. And I met her at a, I saw her at a Walmart. Uh, just shopping. It was kind of wild. She was very nice. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't want to like call her out or anything, but she's very nice. Um, all right, that's a, that was a pretty good one. Uh, oh, this one's for Pete. Well, it's for all of us, but definitely Pete. So I'm going to do Pete last. I'm going to start with you, Nate. If a fan told you they wanted to start watching some of the territories of the 80s, which territory would you recommend first? Mm. This one's easy for me. Not counting. If, obviously, we're not counting the flamethrower. Yeah. Uh, I would ease. I mean, obviously, for me, it'd be Crockett. Yeah. For me, it's it's Crockett. Uh, first, number one with a bullet. Then maybe world class. Uh, possibly Memphis third. Mm. Steve? I was actually thinking the same as mate, like as Nate, like Crockett and world class. I mean, that's the stuff that got me into mm-hmm. the the territories because uh, first it was what was on, but yeah, I just didn't know. Like Georgia was just a little bit before my time, and I right. had no access to Memphis, and I would worry that some people might get scared away from some of the the Memphis <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right, what do you think, Pete? And I, I'd go with Mid South. Uh, I think Ooh. it had probably mm-hmm. the best one, the better announcing crews. Good crowds. It it had hot crowds. It and for the weekly television, it had good matches on, as opposed mm-hmm. to like Crockett, where in the early eighties, I mean, you're you're lucky you have like a handful of great matches in right. a year. Um, Mid South was putting on star versus star because of the smaller market. Um, mm-hmm. So. Especially if you're watching, if you're used to watching television now, uh, Mid South would be would uh, would give you at least give you match quality, good promos. You'd get good announcing um, and hot crowd. So uh, that'd be the one I'd pick, and because uh, I think it'd be, but 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 world class will also give you a lot of good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good announcing, hot crowds. Uh, but I mean, I'm, but I'm a huge Crockett fan, but I don't think it translates to the to, to a modern wrestling fan where mm-hmm. I think they get bored by it rather, rather quickly because right. they have they had good announcing, great promos, great angles, but just didn't uh, they didn't have throw on a lot of great matches like, uh, like you watch a lot of that Mid Atlantic stuff. I mean, it it weren't getting great matches on the television. It mm-hmm. just wasn't happening. That's true. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I I I loved Mid South because uh, I mean, again, all I know is what I watched on the network in like eighty two, eighty three, Mid South, even eighty four a little bit. Particularly when uh, when uh, Magnum was at the top as North American champion, and him and Mister yeah. Wrestling two were feuding. I enjoyed that. Um. Yeah, I, uh, I I I I would say that too, but Crockett. I agree with you on the on the TV stuff, but I mean, if just to just for the promos, just to see the building of just to see how great it could be to put over a storyline just by talking, which I think is oh, an yeah. art that is totally lost. But I like the Mid South and Memphis. Uh, Memphis is fun, but you got to have a certain mindset to enjoy to enjoy, <laughs> to enjoy, to enjoy Memphis because it could be a little tricky. Um, all right, this this last question that I have, uh, this one might very well be a assignment that we talk about in two weeks. It's kind of like a, a, a cliffhanger here on the main event. Uh, uh, this was my guys, Mike and Ralph, and they asked, 
What do you consider a perfect match? And what they meet, what he meant by that was, I had to clarify that. I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, like, obviously you have Dave and his myriad of five stars and plus, and, and I want to talk about that. I wanted to do an entire episode on Dave's list. Uh, because I watched a a, a docu or a, a YouTube piece that uh, Cultaholic Wrestling did about Dave's list, and I kind of wanted to dive into Dave's list a little bit, but we won't do that tonight. Obviously, we'll be here till four o'clock in the morning. Um, but what what like what in our heads? What do we consider a perfect match? Whether it's a five star or six star, or whatever. Um, and I thought that was actually a really great question because some people some people, um, you know, may consider, uh a perfect match different um you know it all depends on your taste i suppose uh some people yeah. consider hogan some people consider hogan andre a perfect match mm-hmm. it's it, but again it's 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 in the eye of the beholder you're talking work rate of course not but if you're talking emotion and feel and historical value it's indeed a perfect match it's the cornerstone match of the night of the of the of the WWF in the eighties. It's the cornerstone match, you know, but if you lived in a different part of the country, you could argue that flair dusty at Starcade 85 is mm-hmm. or flair Harley at Starcade 83. Um, or you could say, you know, this is just me. I'm just throwing spitballing. You could say, you know, Magnum and Tully at uh Starcade 85 or anything that anything that, uh, that Dave's got, you know, in his myriad of new of all Japan stuff, you know, you know, I'm just gonna throw a mat. I've had I have it in front of me, but I mean, like, you know, the, either the war games or fucking mm-hmm. Saruta and Teneru against Riki Choshu and Yoshiaki Yatsu from All Japan New Year's War Super Battle in January of '86. I mean, I'm just, I'm just total spitballing. What what I let me go around the horn on this, and then maybe we can we could dive into this deeper, maybe in our in our next episode. But when you're watching a match, Nate, what are you looking at for the perfect match? So the perfect match for me has to have three elements. It has to have good storytelling or great storytelling, like a compelling story that's been properly built. It's got to have good wrestling and it's got to make it's got to make you feel something. Uh and so like for me just in my mind the three examples that pop to the front of my mind are any of the Steamboat Flare big matches, uh the Three-way from Unbreakable with Styles, Daniels, and Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a more recent one would be uh, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. Like, I think those are some matches that had the story behind it. They had the in-ring, bell-to-bell stuff. But then, like, at the end of the match, like, because there are matches that I think are technically better than Steamboat Flair, but either they lack the storytelling or at the end of it, I don't have that emotional connection. I can be like, yeah, that was a really good match, but it didn't, it didn't take me to a place as a viewer like Steamboat Flair did, or like that unbreakable three-way did, or like Kofi Mania did. So those are the three elements for me that I think makes a perfect match. Hmm. I like all of those. As a matter of fact, I just looked this up on, uh, on his list that unbreakable Oh five, that triple threat is the only TNA match that Dave ever gave five stars to. Hmm. Was that AJ Daniels and Joe? What about yeah, you, obviously, Steve? Obviously, Dave never watched a lot of Sam Shaw matches because he might have thought differently. 
Yes. Dave, uh, Dave did not have a lot of five-star matches in the 2000s period, 2000 to 2010. Yes, uh, it's funny you bring that seven. up. The cult, yeah, the Cultaholic guys, uh, the guy that was doing that, said the same thing. Yeah, seven matches, no, and one of them was the TNA. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, three ROHs, two Noahs, and a New Japan. So, crazy. Um, what about you, Steve? Perfect. Ma- what, what do you look at for a perfect match? I look in-ring quality, storyline, and crowd. Mm. I think it also plays a big role in it, too. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. feeling part, too, the story part. Um, Bianca versus Sasha at Mania mm-hmm. was pretty darn close to a perfect match in terms of it, it wasn't like a hundred percent in the ring, like the best ring action ever, but it had a huge crowd. I, I like uh, my wife saw it. I, I told the story in the show before. My wife hadn't watched wrestling in years. I kind of briefly explained, like, hey, you know, it's a big moment. You know, two women, not only two women, but but two minority women, two black women, pay uh, headlining a WrestleMania, and just like instantly like saw it. And like when they broke in the ring. Like I broke like a little bit too. Like you know, you're they're like feeling the magnitude of it. Um, that like the there was like when there's real emotion involved. Um, but even like um, you know, another more current one like the um, uh, Coda and Kenny against the Bucks in California that did the New Japan because that had a a long show of like the breakup the elite, the breakup of the Bullet Club, Coda and Kenny coming back together after years. There was a match that you know a great. Um, kind of like I said about Turner Hall, um, like it was, when you have a, a smaller building, but you can pack that building and the noise just carries and carries and carries. Um, that that was a, a pretty cool one. The two that kind of um, had all those things intertwined. Um, I, I don't think it's just, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, I'm looking at a, a big list. There's like a lot of five star matches or more that you see now. And sometimes it just. Um, they're great matches, but I don't remember them. And mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. because of the lack of the story or the lack of the crowd. Um, if you have or a new Japan... Also the now, and in today's era, isn't it like a lot of the matches just bleed into one another because it right. just happens fast? Right. A- absolutely. Right. Like, like, especially like, um, I'm, I'm thinking like a G1, where there's like yeah. some of the best matches mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. ever seen. But then at the end of the G1, you do what I'm doing when you ask me about the NXT question. Like, I don't remember which one was where. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So it, it has to have a little bit more to it than just. Yeah, um, and, and the amount of video that's available now, it's just yeah. it's insane. And it's like so much media you can absorb and everything goes so fast. So, I, I mean, it's that's why you kind of remember some of these matches from the 80s and the early 90s right. more because it wasn't happening on TV on a regular basis. And so it's just like it's, you know, it's even like it's storytelling was slower paced. So you remember the big angle, but now they're shooting angles like there's just almost like hot shotting every week because they got to get <laughs> pay-per-view, you know. Mm. That's why a lot of the angles don't get over. Yeah. 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 What about you, Pete? Starts with storytelling, um, a, a crowd heat. Um, like recently, I mean, I, I want to talk about that. The AAA, uh, like they had Melter gave the Vikingo 
a Phoenix match five stars. And I was like, how in the hell could you possibly give that match five stars? I, I watched it and I enjoyed it. But I was like, how can you give it five stars with the audio as fucking bad it was? You couldn't hear the crowd at all. Production. Yeah. Yeah. Production. That's yeah, true. That plays a role to act. Awesome. Yeah. It's like, yeah. When, if you don't have it, if you don't have the crowd. I mean, like I remember Scott, I've heard you a few times say like when they were putting on some of the, uh, the uh, old on the hidden gems, like you kind of wish they had some commentary. And I can, I totally understand that. But a lot mm. of times when they do put commentary on these older shows that didn't have commentary to begin with, it, 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 it actually hurts the audio of the, of the match. You're right. I agree with you. Sure. Yeah. It eats up in it. So you don't get the heat and stuff. Um, so for me, yeah, like crowdy is huge, but, but if the production doesn't allow you to get the crowdy because you could clearly see at triple mania, the crowd was going bananas for that match. And it was going nuts for the, uh, the 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 masker contra masker match and I mean in that in the mask match they're the people are on the feet the whole entire time but you you just but it was hurting the match because the the audio was so bad and and uh, and I mean Lucha has a bad has a hard has an uphill battle anyway to to get get there and if you're not going to give me good good audio or the cause like Lucha Libre I think has some of the best fans in the world uh, but if you don't hear them it doesn't matter it's like that tree falling in the in the middle of the forest i mean um Mm -hmm. yeah but for me crowd heat storytelling um like one of my favorite matches of all time i mean it's just a very very simple match it's iron sheik versus sergeant slaughter i mean boot camp match i mean they told a great story awesome Uh, violent it had a payoff um Mm -hmm. and there you go um and you had good announcing i mean it, it just it's just a blending of all stuff but i mean for the matter though for me i mean it's so hard nowadays these guys go out and work their asses off and and the guys now they do so much more than what people did in the past i mean i get it but again 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 but it doesn't really matter it's like you like sometimes you got to save your bumps for for the big audience and you're killing yourself in front of 200 people uh, and I, I find that hard to believe on just a show that well, you don't have weekly television to be able to go out and tell a story without angles and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, having a really good angle to go into a match helps a lot, too. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, I'm the same way. I, I need to be invested. I need to be invested. I need to to to, to want to spend the money and and go to a live show expecting a payoff. And... Um, I mean, and, and, and you look back at some of the greatest, and I'll just use WrestleMania cause that's an easy example of, of a match where you were so invested that you were like running to the TV every weekend, whether it was the Cindy's or primetime or whatever, because you wanted to see the story continue Hogan, Andre, uh, the mega powers. Yeah. But, yeah, but um, look at Hogan, Andre, for example, how often do they replay the pulling of the cross off his, I mean, the necklace off of Hogan? I mean, they play that thing religiously on on their on their syndicated te- television. Where if you didn't if you didn't see it for first time, God dang you, you'll see it six, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten other times. So the angle yeah. would get over and stay there. Um, yeah, and I mean the awesome moment when when Piper, who normally you know was a screaming idiot, just said, "You're bleeding." Yeah. Subtle Piper, mm-hmm. that 
That's chilling. And then we go from there. Mega powers. Uh, one of my favorite mania builds, uh, and you were talking about a long game, from when uh, Breakdown 98, when Vince screwed Steve out of the belt all the way till he, he won it back at WrestleMania 15. Was the, was the quality of the shows great? Eh, depending on your point of view. It was not the WWF's peak in terms of in-ring, uh, but the storytelling leading all the way up to Philadelphia that day when he beat The Rock, um, it, is, is, it, it got you invested. Is that match at WrestleMania 15 five stars? No. But was it an amazing story being told? Yeah, and it's a huge part of it. And I agree uh, with you. Like The Rock and uh, Hogan. That mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thing, yeah. You know? Some people think that's that's one of the greatest matches of all time. And if and again, it depends on what your what your what your uh, criteria your personal criteria is. Uh, I'm looking at some of these matches Dave has on his list, and I'm like, I, a lot of them I've never I've never watched. I'd like to. Um, I don't know if a lot of these all Japan matches are even are even somewhere. Does anybody own their stuff? Where could you find like all Japan stuff? There's, there's, someone, there's Google Drives out there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I don't know who owns it. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Anoki just passed away, so I don't even know who who owns, um, you know, who owns who owns the library or whatever. It's pretty interesting. Well, it's uh, New Japan. Anoki uh, Anoki's New Japan. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking Baba. of uh, Baba. Baba. All Japan, but yeah, that's all wherever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where any of that stuff is. I don't know who owns it, but um, speaking of a little trivia. Um, before we head on out, because I want to dive more into this Dave list, because I've been fascinated by it. I've been like staring at it and seeing all these crazy matches that I that I've never seen. That, and again, Dave's not Bible, but he's the only one who's got a wiki page of his match ratings. No one else has that, so I got to get impressed with that. Um, I'm gonna go around the horn. Everybody's gonna have to guess. Who do you think has the most? five-star Dave matches who's been in the most five-star Dave matches I already saw the answer so I'm not going to say anything okay <laughs> Pete Pete who do you think I'm going to throw two I'm going to throw two 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 I was either going to say Kabashi okay or or the Young Bucks okay mm. all right the, the, well I'll give you the answer the number of matches is 25 mm-hmm. 10 to Kabashi had is this is a three-way tie for second with 23 this guy had two more matches nate what do you think well, definitely wasn't tom brady given the way he played tonight uh, <laughs> topical uh let's let's yeah. go with see I, I was gonna go with okada but then when you said the number i feel like that's a bit too high uh for our guy kaz uh so i'm going to say and it's not brian adias uh, <laughs> So <laughs> it's not five-star five spinning toe holds. That's another list. It can't be Kenny. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with my first instinct. I'm going to go with my mm-hmm. gut. I'm going to say Okada. Okay. Okada was one of the other uh, two tied with Kobashi at 23. Very close. Okada, Will Ospreay, and Kenta Kobashi are tied for second with 23 apiece. Steve knows the answer, so I'm not asking him. Uh, Kenny has 19. 
the Bucks, Nick and Matt. Well, obviously they 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 don't have singles matches. Uh, the Bucks have nine matches. <laughs> five the answer with twenty five five star plus matches. Steve, Mitsuharu Misawa. Misawa. Mm. That was my third guess. Yeah. Misawa. Twenty five. 25 five-star matches. I thought, it, well, before I looked at it, I thought it was Fujinami, but I don't mm. even think he's on here. Yeah. He's not even on here, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> well, he's, I, I mean, he's got matches, but. Well, here's, here's the list of guys. Well, here. A bunch of guys had five matches. Then six, seven, eight, nine. Flair had 12. Uh. Yeah, Kenny Kawada had 21, and then Kabashi. Uh, of 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 Okada's 23 matches, 11 of them are more than five. <laughs> I feel like that should count more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, now here's the, and then we'll. This is quick, and then we'll, we'll get into more of the matches on another episode because I really want to dive into them. But so here's the breakdown by promotion. Uh, Impact one, the one Nate you mentioned, Stardom one, Noah three, Revolution Pro Wrestling three. Those are all this year, I think. Yeah, Triple A five, PWG five, Crockett five, Ring of Honor six. Seems kind of criminal. Should be more, I think, right? WCW seven. This is ridiculous. AEW sixteen. <laughs> really, sixteen matches in fucking three years. That's crazy. WWF sixteen. So in longer time, <laughs> AEW is tied with WWF with sixteen matches, and WWF's been around fucking forty years. Old. Uh, I love you, Dave. That's hilarious. Sleeping in your blanket of Cap Center house shoes. Just um, like different styles, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. All Japan. I mean, well, listen, Dave uh, uh, I, has a, a match he likes. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And to be fair, to be fair, how many legitimate five star matches are there in eighties WWF? Like three. Right. right. Steamboat Savage. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh. Maybe Slaughter oh. Pat. Slaughter Sheik. Mm-hmm. Slaughter Sheik. Yeah, there's there's not a lot. Fair not much after those either in the second <laughs> Honestly, decade. The first, yeah. the first WWF match that he ever did was was uh, Shauna Razor. So, mm. so it wasn't until nineteen ninety four. All Japan women, nineteen. Yeah, I mean, that they that was all in a few years. Yeah, they yeah. were hot for that. Like eighty yeah. Uh regular all Japan, thirty five, and of course New Japan seventy nine. Mm. So 16. Now, the WWF ones count as well. Uh, NXT counts that as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. most of them are late, too, because you had, again, you had Sean and Razor was mm-hmm. his first one. Then, I didn't realize he gave Brett and Owen in the cage at SummerSlam five stars. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. And that, I don't like that match at all. No, that, that's over. I think that's overrated a little bit. I don't yeah. hate it, but I, I, I never thought it was five stars. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. You want to talk about a storytelling, but is it five stars? Yeah. I'm sure he can go back in the 2000 to 2010 era and find some two for WWE looking at it yeah. uh, through different eyes as well. 
Then the next five, the next one after that was Steve and Brett at, at 13, obviously. And then, uh, and then the, the Sean and now there, here's a match. Sean and Taker at bad blood, the cell. Now, is that a work rate match? No. Taker beats the fucking crap out of him for like 28 minutes. I think Sean does like three moves in half an hour. But he takes his huge bumps. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he is, he brutalizes himself. And, and what is it? It's the crowd. And Vince, that's gotta be Kane. That's it. That does it. That, that, I mean, again, storytelling. And then I think the next one after that was until, uh, uh, Punk and, uh, Punk and Cena. Money in the bank, which I think is ridiculous because there is a batshit ton of matches. WWF and how do you not? How did he not have Taker Sean from twenty five? Really? Everything all four of us mentioned about a perfect match is in that match. I I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna get into. I, I I'm really fascinated by his list, and I would love to do an episode where we just pick around and look at matches. I just it totally fascinates me. But guys, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for letting me vent. But I I, th- I love mailbags. They're a lot of fun. And we're going to do it again. Maybe we'll do it again in, in, in the new year. We'll do another mailbag episode. Uh, Pete, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Titans O Wrestling. And there you go. And, 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 and your local bar on a Sunday. You know, watching, <laughs> watching the Bears. Watching yeah, exactly. the Bears. Yep. yep. Bears Cowboys uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, yep. Pete, good luck. Should be fun. fun game. Uh, Steve? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, SteveWilly1. You can find me on the main event. I don't know what else I'm doing, really. I'm just surviving week <laughs> by week. Every- <laughs> <laughs> you can find me in my car. <laughs> yeah, you can find me in my car waiting in the parking lot of various places. <laughs> yeah, fields and bad gyms. Yes. Yep, g- gyms, um, schools. Yes. Yep. For his kids, to clarify, because I don't yeah. want Steve to get in trouble. Crying yeah, in my I'm office. Thinking, we're rocking hanging back around. Yeah. What's Steve really doing? He's in the minivan at the gym. Uh, yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve's not Jerry Lawler. He's not working out, though. <laughs> <No. laughs> Looking for his next wife. Uh, uh, Nathaniel, what's going on over on the Kings of Sport Patreon? Yes, the uh, Kings of Sport Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport, uh, is where you can find over 200 hours of audio and video content uh, from myself and the affiliated Kings of uh, Marcus Vandenberg at times. Chris from L.A., uh, Andrew Thompson will probably be making his debut before the end of the year. Uh, so we're, we've probably got about three more episodes of the main show to come out this year, and you get them first on the Patreon. And then we'll probably do a Black Panther 2 review mm-hmm. uh, on, on, mm-hmm. the, on the uh, Patreon. Uh, so that'll be up there, uh, and and we might do one one big end of the year wrestling show, depending on Chris's schedule and my schedule. Uh, but five dollars gets you in on the Patreon, uh, so you can check that out. Uh, I've also got uh, the NWA podcast over at Post, new episode coming out this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the DC TV podcast network. I'm part of the Lituation Room, uh, and ah. I'm sure. We'll be reconvening within the next couple of weeks to talk about Black Adam and the new uh, head honchos over at DC. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I just saw that today. Yes. Yeah, the, the, in, in, in a plot twist worthy of a movie, James Gunn, has, uh, hmm? he is now going against the, 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 the master, Kevin Feige. So the student yep. has become the teacher. Uh, so you can check that out. For everything else, I'm on Twitter 
at in the number eight M O Z A I K. And I'm also the first subscriber to Pete's new podcast with Brian Adias, the spinning toehold. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Tales While Pissing Behind the Sportatorium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, a good find- name. That's a pretty cool name for a podcast. So, <laughs> Yeah, the spinning toehold. Not a lot. Not a respect gets put on the, on that move. Exactly. Uh, well, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott C Podfather. Please follow the brand on Twitter at PTB and Wrestling. Uh, we post polls. We post just random facts. We post the pods. Of course, place to be Great week this week. We had a new episode of With This Ring. New episode of Talking WCW. They were they did some Halloween Havoc stuff. Uh, of course. Uh, Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow you'll hear part two of my Camille rant because the doctor has to hear it now uh, on this weekend because he's got to hear it. Of hope course. you've got something left in the tank. I, I hope I got something left in the tank. But of course, new episode of the NWA Saturday special is we're getting closer to Hard Times 3, which is coming up uh, on November 12th, their next pay-per-view. And of course, uh, always a busy week uh, every week with all the great programming we have here. Uh, thank you for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. We love the support always. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll see if uh, Logan Paul or Jake Paul are both champions. Um, I doubt it, but maybe you never know. Um, maybe Bret Hart will wrestle Goldberg in a you're a fucking jerk match. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, uh, enjoy, everybody. Uh, you've been in the main event. Brother Nate, Brother Steve, Brother Pete, I'm Brother Scott. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Hey, Steve Willie. Hey, Nate Milton. So I know there was a lot of controversy on this week's episode of surrounding Mandy Rose's placement in mm. the PWI 5150. Definitely. Uh, that wasn't the only controversy Miss Rose got herself into this past week. I don't know if you saw it, Steve. No, I haven't seen anything about her yet. So apparently Mandy got a small business loan to open up uh, a all organic herbal and 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 uh, vegetation area and she was going to have like these wonderful flowers that you couldn't get anywhere else and apparently she didn't do anything with the loan money she she kind of pulled a Brett Favre here uh Steve Willie and so some reporter finally caught up to Mandy and they were like you know what's going on like what happened to this habitat that you were going to provide for the community and she looked at him Steve and and this, this is a quote that got me I couldn't believe it she said I beg your pardon I never promised you a rose garden.